What's up everybody? My name is Mike Lee and I'd like to welcome you to the Mind Shift Lab. Each week, we'll bring you a new guest to share exercises, strategies, and concepts to help you create an internal shift that will drive external results in business, arts, sports, and life. Today, we are diving in with Alex Weber. Alex is a top international speaker, award-winning entertainer, and American Ninja Warrior, positively impacting over 3.5 million people worldwide to achieve breakthrough success. Alex has been awarded U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year honors, holds a world record, and competed in the World Championships of Lacrosse, finishing as a top scorer in the world. Alex is releasing his first book, Fail Proof, which hits the shelves October 5th, which we will be diving into today. Alex, thanks for being here, man. Mike, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me and for the, the kind introduction. You wrote it up well, or, or your PR people did. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. So I'm going to get right into your story here. I have to be honest with you. This is like probably it was one of the hardest sessions or, or shows to prepare for because I feel like your story or your journey is kind of taking you all over the place. So... Yeah. How did you go from, from playing college lacrosse to now speaking across the world and kind of everything in between? Yeah, I, I well, just give us like kind of a high level overview so everybody's got context as to what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I think about that Steve Jobs quote of you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Uh, and you just kind of have to have faith in whatever you believe in yourself bigger that they will come together. Um, and I, I think that's been really true in my case for, for my life. Um, so you mentioned uh, lacrosse. I played Penn lacrosse, Division One, Ivy League. That was my end-all, be-all goal. There was nothing in life past that goal for me uh, because it just meant so much to me growing up. And when I achieved it and I was doing it, I didn't really think about the next chapter. I kind of just went with the river current. And I say that because I, I think that is a parallel for all of us in any area of our lives where it means that things are going and they're going well and we're busy and we're in it. And so often when we're in it, it's very difficult to take a moment to pick our heads up out of that river current to just figure out, okay, how am I doing? How's my boat? Is this the right river for me? Am I going where I want to be going? And for me, uh, there was one night where I asked myself what I call the most important question we can ever ask ourselves. And it's in the book and it's, I encourage anyone to do it. And that question is, what do you want for your moments on earth? And that can be a daunting question, overwhelming, but it's also really exciting too. And for me, I very quickly realized that the river current of where I was heading wasn't right for me. Um, so over a campfire in West Philly, which wasn't really a campfire, it was magazines lit with lighter fluid that my friends and I put together. We had a heart to heart. I was like, I think this is what I want for my moments on earth. And what I wrote was I loved comedy. I loved entertaining people, but I also loved positively inspiring people. I knew no sense of what that would look like, but I dove in the deep end and that really led me 
to, and we can, you know, go into all these, but each chapter, it led me to coaching lacrosse and winning U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year. It led me to doing stand-up comedy and TV hosting with American Ninja Warrior and winning awards there. And then it led to being an international keynote speaker now. So not without challenges and fears and failures all along the way, including now, but that's what this book's about, is it being part of it. Awesome, man. So I think, you know, one thing that's interesting about what you, what you journaled about or the questions that you asked, yeah. you know, doing research, you did some writing this night, apparently, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the, the things that I think is interesting about it is so many times when people go into that headspace, right, they're trying to figure out what do I want in my life, that thing that's at the top of the list usually is what do I want to achieve? Sure. And you created this based around, you know, how do I want to feel? essentially right we we want we don't ever go after anything because of the end result we go after it because the feeling that we will get when we achieve that thing right so yeah. you you kind of you went a level deeper than most people go how did you have the awareness to go that deep at such a young age because I, I definitely that. did it no I, I appreciate that and it's you know what I wrote which this was I circled, I started, I still have these papers to this day and I use it as my, my North Star. I just wrote follow your fire. Um, there's no scientist or psychologist on earth who can tell us why whatever lights you up, Mike, is what lights you up. We can guess at it, we can theorize around it of nature, nurture, spirit, but whatever lights you up is yours. And that in my life of just wow, I just, my system lights up and I, I, there's a fire in me for this. It's never led to bad things. It might not look exactly like how maybe I envisioned it or I put it on the whiteboard, but it, it all, one thing that I, I learned from coaching and it's a lesson and I wrote it down and it's carried through with me is just good things happen when you go all in. And what that means to me, and I love the simplicity of it is, good things whatever that means but good things are going to happen in your life if you do go all in on, on something that you really lights you up so uh yeah i think you know being 22 years old and just reading that uh and just zooming out a little bit of what i want for my moments on earth that's what set me down this path but i'll also say because i think this is important i don't think we have to be um without commitments or young and free, quote unquote, in order to ask that question. Because, you know, this is a big thing in the book is you might just look at an area of your life. You might look at your career or you might look at your relationship, your family life, or you might look at your personal life and what those, what that is looking like or who you are. And you might just say, I I'd like more here, or I'd like this to be a little bit better. And, and that to me is a fire worth, worth giving love to. So what do you, how do you coach people or advise people? Maybe this is in the book about how when they do go all in and they do burn their boats and they get a month in and they hit major adversity, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you teach people to move through that? Yeah. I mean, that's, so you nailed it. That's exactly what fail proof is. Fail proof does not say you are not going to hit failure. Of course you are. But what fail proof means is it won't stop you because that's where 99.9% .9 of the people stop is when we hit resistance and that experience is frankly too rough 
And so we just stop. We convince ourselves that we're not that type of person. We're not funny. We're not creative. We're not athletic or in a different life. I would have done that. But really the truth is that we just don't want to go through the experience of failing. And it's tougher when we get older in age because you know, we got reputations and we got responsibilities and we got income and job titles. And so it hits us a little harder than when we failed when we were 11 years old and we didn't really care. But the truth is still there. If you keep going, you will get through it. So to answer your question, it's how do you get through it? And the first part is knowing, well, one, before you decide this, it's, it's really getting clear on, I say, uh, that this book will help you set goals that actually matter because so much of life doesn't matter. Like so much of life doesn't matter. Truly, truly matter. We, we create it to matter. We get intense around it. We get busy around it. We, uh, yeah, we try to grip it really tight, but it doesn't matter. So what this is, is identifying the one, two, three things that you're like, I need this. I need my relationship with my wife or my kids to be better. I need to get this deal or I need to move forward in my career. I need to look myself in the mirror and feel better about myself. Cause then when you got that drive in you, you're gone, you will do it. But for a lot of us, if we don't get clear on that driving, I call it your powerful why, not just your why, but the why that really like, when you hit it, gets you going, that is the firepower that'll get us through any, any hiccups. How do you get people to understand that? Like, I think that's a lot of, uh, something that a lot of people are searching for. They're feeling lost. They're feeling without purpose. What are some things that you can do to, to uncover that for yourself? Cause I mean, I'm 100% on the same page. I think yeah. you, you can only do great work when you're doing something that is driven by purpose. And how do you get people to uncover that? Maybe they're feeling, yeah. they're feeling lost, especially with everything with COVID. I think a lot of people are, our work has been stripped down, right? Work now sure. is basically only the work. There's no client dinners. There's no golf outings. There's no water cooler conversations. There's mm. no uh, camaraderie and culture in the offices, right? The work is the work. And now more than ever, people want that to be, to have purpose behind it. Right. So how do we, how do we get people to, what are some things that we can do to uncover that? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think it looks different for, for different people in different stages. I mean, I, I think what's important to also understand is, is just all this is a one of one as much as we try, you know, someone living in, in Philadelphia where I just was, is having a very different reality right now than someone living in Oklahoma where I just was. So, um, I think understanding that your reality, whether that's your life, your family, your workplace, that's yours. Um, and it's going to look different for every person. So I think that's just an important truth to, uh, yeah, for us all to just, just understand. Um, biggest thing I can suggest is I love this word explore. And that's a big one that I encourage people to do. And, you know, I work with a lot of pro athletes, executives, leaders, and because we're all so used to uh, executing at a certain level, we steer away from anything where we may not execute at that level. And that's really damaging to us. And why I like the word explore is I even say it's gifting yourself 
the opportunity to explore. You're literally giving Mike, you're giving Alex, you're giving anyone listening a opportunity to explore something. And what explore means is, all right, you want to take an improv comedy class? You want to go to that workout challenge? You want to try fajitas night with your kids? Explore it and don't judge it because everything right now is so judged. It's the best. It's the worst. That place is delicious. That place sucks. I'm the smartest. I'm the dumbest. It's just like put a pin in the judgment train for one moment and just do the thing. Make fajitas night with your kids. Pitch that idea and just let it be what it is. And what's beautiful about that is by doing it, we're going to get so much beautiful intel back. We're going to find out things that worked, things that we love. We're going to find out things that we can improve upon or that didn't work. But that's the process of failing. It's in, it's embracing forward possibilities. So staying on that, on that theme, you know, you talk a lot about fears and doubts in the book, right? Yeah. Take us into your world. What are so, what's something that you had massive fear about that you had to overcome? And then how did you, how'd you do it? How much time we got? Uh, listen, I, uh, 33 minutes. I, I, uh, one thing that I am uh, passionate about being open with is that I have struggled with confidence and nerves my entire life, my entire life with, if you're not a hundred percent perfect, you failed and just crushing nerves and, uh, and confidence issues around it to the point where even playing division one lacrosse where I was very physically talented, I would black out from nerves. That's true. I would get that way with stand-up comedy. I would get that way being a TV host where I'm getting up and everyone, I would think to myself, the cameraman's not laughing. The cameraman hates me right now. So, uh, what I want to communicate is that I have seen, I can relate to this on so many levels. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I have seen people who are just like, I'm feeling myself, I'm confident and like get on my level. And I'm like, you're a superhero. I'm not that. And I hope that people can know that you can still do all the things you want to do, even with dealing with confidence issues or even with having nerves or being a little scared. Um, because I've, I've felt that in just every single chapter of my life. Is there, is there a story, like something that you overcame? Like, that, like, how did yeah. you, how did you overcome the, the nerves of being on camera or, or playing the, the performance anxiety, playing the cross yeah. the point where you're blacking out? Like, what are some things that you did? What are some strategies that you put into place in order to, to move through that, to get to the other side? Right. I'm assuming maybe I'm wrong, but like, I'm assuming that now you're more comfortable being in front of the camera or, or are you still oh, get yeah. to this point every time? Right. I mean, I am, but I'm, you know, I'm human. So, uh, what I've done is just, you pick up and that's one of the beautiful things about, about doing and doing is we're going to fail. Yes. But again, we're going to get so much beautiful Intel back. And so there's kind of pillars that have helped me. And part of the book is these five promises that I encourage people and it's up to them, which is a beautiful part of it. It's a choice, but these five promises are promises I've made to myself and that I ask people to make and in whatever we're doing. And it helps so much. And one of those is all you can do is the best you can do. So whatever you're doing to always give your best. And 
that has always helped me a lot because if I was doing stand-up comedy and I was getting nerves or whatever it might be, I would say this to myself, take a deep breath, have faith in yourself and let it fly. And what that means, let it fly is just give it everything you have. And that's the same thing I'll say before American Ninja Warrior, take a deep breath, have faith in yourself and let it fly. And I'll say that before a date that I'm nervous about, take a deep breath, have faith in yourself and let it fly. Uh, so, you know, that is just help me. I mean, so a story with this is, you know, with American Ninja Warrior, I just, I failed, I failed so much, so, so much like compilation fail level of just, just endlessly. And that's really where this book came from is because when I first decided, or really, um, my bosses at the time, the producers at NBC American Ninja Warrior, who are incredible. My job, I was, I was hosting a digital series for Ninja Warrior and my job was basically just to fail comedically, but that was season one. And then season two came around and I was asked to be good at this impossible feat. So what that meant was I had to go and train with the best Ninja Warrior athletes. And that was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. And I was failing. Honestly, I was fail. My fail per hour was just so high that I was like, I need to figure out a system to this because I can't keep getting embarrassed, frustrated, beating myself up, disengaging every single fail because the gym's going to close and I'm going to be wallowing in the parking lot. Like I got to figure something out here. So that's really where, uh, the fail proof system came from. And the more that I brought that into life, I noticed that there's a certain chain reaction of occurrences that happens, whether we miss a deal or we miss a turn or we get in a fight with someone we love or our morning just doesn't start off well, there's, it's the same. And so the more that we can handle the micro fails, as I call them, the better we're gonna be trained and strong to handle the bigger ones. What are the other four promises? I gotta pull up the notes here, man. Uh, <laughs> so the biggest one, uh, the biggest one is bravely honest. So that's an expression that I, with yourself, these are all promises yeah. you're making yourself, right? Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Awesome. That's an important uh, clarification. Yeah. So brave honesty. And, and that's one of those things where if someone reads the book and then they throw it in the fire and, and the one thing they get from is brave honesty, I'll be like, let's go. That's amazing. And what brave honesty is, is I hope you get more than that. And I hope you don't use this kindling, but you know, it's your journey. Uh, brave honesty. I think bravery comes in a lot of different forms. And a lot of my life was in arenas of a lot of alpha loud bravery, right? I played division one college across. I do American Ninja Warrior, even stand-up comedy or in the business world. It's a lot of, you know, man, women, it doesn't matter the gender here, but you're, it's a lot of loud, uh, big bravery. And what I realized was that is bravery but it takes a very courageous person when it's real quiet and it's just you alone at night to look at yourself and to look at your life and to identify, okay, what do I love about myself and what do I really not love? 
and then looking at your life and being bravely honest because our fear and our self doubt and our just inability to face those hard truths are going to want to try to block us or put it away in a little box somewhere deep. And that is real bravery is saying, no, 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 no. I know I'm not going to love this box, but let me pull it out here and let me look at it. So that one is, is everything starts with brave honesty. Awesome, man. So let's, uh, let's go to confidence. And I know this is something you talk about a lot yeah. <laughs> in the book. Uh, you yeah. know, I think we have this cultural belief that yeah. you should only do something when you're confident. But the, the irony in that, and as you know, which is probably a lot yeah. of what your book is about, right, is yeah. you only get to that place of confidence when you fail over and over and over again in order to be proficient at it enough to be able yeah. to drop into that that state of flow and just be in the present moment trusting mm -hmm. the skills you've developed how do you you know what's your take on that and how do you go about what are some, some things that people can do to level up their confidence yeah it's a great question i mean i'll i'll hit with just two honestly brass tacks that that have helped me a lot one of those i call the abc the action belief cycle and what that means is you may not ha have the belief. A quote that I read, uh, it was in a fitness magazine, this is years ago, was do then believe. And I loved that. And that's really uh, been something that stuck with me a lot because what it means to me, and this has proved itself in American Ninja Warrior, it proved itself in stand-up comedy, it proved itself in speaking, is you don't have to fully have that belief in yourself just yet. You might, and we've all met someone who's just like confident and you're like, where are you getting this confidence from? but you don't have to be that person. You can have no confidence, but just commit to yourself to take the action anyways. And in doing that, you're gonna start to foster a little belief just by doing the dang thing. You're gonna get a little better. And that belief will give you more runway to keep taking actions, which is gonna keep giving you more belief. So it'll push each other up. But the biggest thing is just taking that action without having the confidence. And I've, I've had this prove itself so many times in my life. I mean, when I needed to get back into American Ninja Warrior shape after breaking my hand, missing the season, and my wasteland was expanding, and I just honestly felt awful about myself. I would look myself in the mirror and those dangerous lies that we tell ourselves, like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess my apartment has trick mirrors now. I don't know when they installed those. But then you have to be bravely honest and just say, no, this is, this is where I'm at. But now that we know that we can go forward. So I remember showing up in the Ninja Warrior gym after having taken six months off with a broken hand and I had goose egg self-belief and my actions honestly weren't that great, but it was enough to know, okay, right. If I just keep showing up, it'll start to incrementally get there. And before long, you'll start to get to the place where you're like, I would watch a video of me and I'd go, it's not half bad. And then you keep going and the next time you're going, all right, getting pretty good. And then that's what I love about that kind of confidence is it's real. It's not phony, artificial, let me trick myself into believing something that I'm not because I'm all about positive affirmations. But at the end of the day, if you don't believe it in your soul, it doesn't matter. And that kind of unshakable evidence gives unshakable confidence. So I would say to anyone who wants to build confidence, the best way to do it is show up 
and give it everything you have and then be willing to grow from there. Yeah, I think a big piece of that is adding in what you talked about before, kind of a different context, but the non-judgment piece, right? Yeah. I'm going to do this 50 times and not judge any of it and just let the outcomes be what they are for the first 50 times. And then I'm, then I'm going to reevaluate myself. Right. And I think that's, yeah. I just think when we, one thing that, that I talk about a lot is like judgment and flow can't exist. Right. If we're constantly judging mm -hmm. ourselves, we're never going to be in this state of this elusive state of flow where yeah. we are operating with all this confidence. Right. And I, I just think that's, that's such a, a key is to stop judging yourself for every single, every rep, every performance, yeah. every, every conversation, whatever it is, and to, to get out of that mental space. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I, I want to, I think that judgment and evaluation are, are different. So meaning hundred percent. You know what I mean? So I think that like, you know, I'm thinking I went to ninja training after I hadn't gone to a ninja gym in, in a week and a half. I'd been traveling and I'd been doing other workouts, but I hadn't been to a ninja gym in a week and a half. And I went and my performance wasn't where I wanted it to be. But I, I think I now I'm human, right? So I'm still gonna get frustrated and all that, but I can handle that. But it's there's a difference between judging what you're saying, you suck. What happened? I thought you were supposed to do that, which is judgment. And evaluation is like, all right, well, you're not getting your hips high enough. Did you really commit to that or did you not really? And that's, that's more strategic evaluation. So I think that lens can go as much as it's helpful, but the judgment lens, which is just like a hammer, time and a place, time and a place. Yeah. Yeah, we could go down that road for a, uh, a long time, but let's go back <laughs> to some of the stuff in the book. You talk about being relentless about your ambitions. What is what does being relentless mean to you, and how can we tap into that? Oh, I love that. Um, the more I'm just going through this life, the more I've learned that there is no substitute for commitment. And to me, and this is why I think it's so important that we ask ourselves. What do you want for your moments on earth? What are goals that actually matter to you? Because then I almost view it like we're standing outside the forest and our goal or that whatever we want is, is in that castle tower and we know there's gonna be a dragon and we know there's gonna be thick forest and we have to fight off things and we're gonna get messy, great. But right now we're outside of the forest and we decide, do I want that? And if we don't, go out, don't, don't go to the forest, go do something else. But if we do, then we know that everything that comes with it, the late nights, the early mornings, the tough moments, the setbacks, it's all part of what we really want. And because of that, it's all right. And even more than just being all right, even on the late nights ninja training where my hands would get ripped up and I'd be you know, frustrated, I'd still be grateful because I, knowing that this goal, why it meant so much to me, I could hover out and be like, yeah, this is rough right now, but how grateful, how fortunate am I to have something to train for, to have a purpose? I'd look around and be like, how, how amazing is this that I get to be with all these people right now training? And so that gift of perspective, I believe, comes with really knowing why we want this goal. And if we do really want it, it's going to be a lot more seamless to be relentless because of course we're going to want that. We're going to make it happen. You could shove us away a thousand times. We're going to keep coming. 
So what do you, how do you differentiate between, you know, resilience is a hot topic right now. Obviously we're going sure. through tons of adversity. How do you differentiate between being relentless and resilience? I would say emotions. Relentless, you know, I think about when you put, uh, like, what is it? The, uh, the, the Roomba, the Roomba, like, you know, that thing is relentless. That thing, that robotic little vacuum that you put in your house, that thing is hammering everywhere. That thing is relentless. But as humans, we're, we have emotions. And so when we get knocked down, it takes us long. We might show up to work the next day. We might show up in our relationship after a fight. We might show up to that workout, even though we feel like crud. But how we show up is everything. And that's where we're not robots. So I view resiliency as our ability to take an emotional, mental, soul setback, regroup, and be able to go forward truly with our emotions and our mindset and our being firing back at 100%. And, and that's not easy. That really isn't easy, but it is doable. How can we do that? How, how do we, you know, I think resilience right now is, is so important. And it, it doesn't mean, I think that the challenge is so many people identify resilience with persistence and just like like you're talking about with the Roomba right just hammering mm -hmm. it down every single day pounding the stone mm -hmm. and there is a there's an aspect of that but I think they're two separate things yeah. right uh, how do you how, how do you help people level up that resilience yeah and I appreciate that and, and and you know this is really where the meat of the fail proof system I would say is and it's it's one where it's understanding our emotions and our mind. And I, you know, in a lot of my high achieving worlds and pursuits, it, it always was a thing where I would just outwork it. Oh, I need to get faster, I'll run. Or, or I need to do better, I'll go shoot more. I'll go train harder or I'll work harder, I'll stay up later. And I think, especially in our culture, there's a little bit of uh, glorifying 4 a.m. club and and how hard are you hitting the gym and and that's all beautiful and it can definitely help a lot i know for me it definitely does but there is no substitute there's a ceiling if we don't understand our emotions and our mind there's just a ceiling because we're going to chalk up things to oh that just happened i don't know we just got in a fight i don't know the deal went all wrong they, they were acting weird i don't know we miscommunicated it's gonna get chalked up into this gray area until we actually understand how our emotions and our mind impact those outward events. And it, and it can be as simple as simply hovering out a little bit and just viewing some of the experiences. Okay, I did get in a disagreement with my coworker. Why? Why? all right, well, they did that thing that always annoys me. And even though their work was pretty good, I don't know, they're just, Susie just annoys me. Like as long as we get clarity on what it actually is, our resiliency will increase because we'll be able to get past those roadblocks a lot quicker. Yeah, I think self-awareness is, is a, probably one of the foundational aspects of resilience, self-awareness yeah. and social awareness. Yeah, agreed. And I think you know, right now, you know, it's like we are, we're, Resilience is huge. And I think the challenge that a lot of high performers are having right now is like, you know, they, depending on the space that you're in, but I'll speak for me personally, is like my first 
12 years of my life was all about like this relentless pursuit of greatness, like you're talking right. about. Right. And then I just, I went through a bunch of adversity and I hit a bunch of walls and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Mm. And then I had, I was just so burned out mentally, physically exhausted. And I had to learn this resilience piece. Mm. And it was a lot of it came from the uh, foundation of having this, this uh, skill really that we can develop of self-awareness yeah. and of uh, social awareness. I said, what are, what are some things yeah. that do you get into that in the book at all? Like developing oh, yeah. that skill? I mean, so I, what are some I, I things that people can do to cultivate that? So what are some things, what can we do to, to tap into that? Yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, one thing I just also want to share is, um, so 2020, a few things hit in my life at once, um, where it hit all angles. So work was obviously impacted. Ninja Warrior was postponed. I was going through a breakup. I broke my hand. There was a few things that just kind of compounded where I was devastated, heartbroken. Like I, I fell down and I also allowed myself to stay there. And so I, I really think that's important to, to share to people. I was absolutely heartbroken, knocked to the ground and Everything leading up to that point was so high achieving, go, 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 crush it, amazing, every area that when I fell, I made the conscious choice, I'm going to stay here for a minute. I'm not going to just dust myself off and get back up. I could do that. I could be relentless. But if I really want to be resilient, which you asked and there's a difference, I need a little moment to actually be with this emotion. And I was. And after, I'll be honest with you, it was probably a few Why weeks. Why did you think that was so important to do? Because all of my life, all of my life is holding the wheel and getting to the goal. And I was doing it. I was living my dream life. But when the car got in an absolute wreck and totaled and I was floored, I allowed myself to experience where I was. It didn't feel good to me to immediately pop back up and let me just run to where I got to go because the car went out. No, I'm going to, I'm going to take this. I'm going to feel this and, and see what is for me here. And there's, there was gifts of what I say call character growth because I didn't love it and I don't want to go through it again. I don't, it wasn't fun, but I'm thankful that I allowed myself to experience the crappiness, honestly, and not just try to like pop back up and be smiley and positive and go getter because that's not where I was. And so leading it back to you asked for kind of practical tools. What I would say to people is feel, feel it, feel it. Don't put it in a little box because it's going to come out in a bad way. It's going to come out in us lashing out or doing something we don't want to do, but be intentional with how we feel it. Um, don't be reckless. And if you feel a certain way, scream or yell or throw something. Although if you really got to just feel this thing, punch a pillow, go run into the woods, scream to the moon, cry, eat crappy for 24 hours and whatever it might be, gift yourself that opportunity to process it in hopes that you can put it in the rear view. Awesome, man. I love that. So you talked about like not moving through this and just like, a, a, 
I don't know how you exactly put it, but like a positive yeah. mindset sure. where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to move through this, right? Yeah. So, but one thing, but you are big on positivity, right? This one uh, last thing you probably talk about in the book. Yeah. What do you mean by being positive and how can we cultivate more of that? So, and I think it's a good thing. There's, it's positivity has almost become this like controversial word. And, and I think it's a misunderstanding. Um, toxic positivity, false positivity. Nobody needs any of that. That is getting through a breakup and being like, I feel great. I love life. What real positivity is to me is, okay, go through a breakup. You lose a deal and you feel that you acknowledge that this is rough. You sit with that and then you say, all right, like this is, this is tough right now. All right, but where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? So I view positivity as actually really a deep love of yourself, a deep love of life, a deep gratitude for everything that we get to do. And in that deep sense of, of, of peace and strength is our ability to handle tougher things because we can, and we know that we can make something better or good from this bad. So that is what I view as positivity. I don't think it's rainbows and unicorns and big smiles all the time. Actually, in fact, I, I really reject that. I think real true positivity is acknowledging that things can be really rough and accepting that we can do something about it. Awesome, man. I love it. Your book hits the shelves October 5th. Super pumped to check it out. Okay. Where can we where can we grab it? Yeah, I appreciate that. Where's so the much. best where's the best place to grab it? <laughs> it's on Amazon, fail proof. You can pre-order it now. If you do, first off, thank you. Shoot me a message uh, on any of the socials. I, I'd love to hear that from you. And uh, yeah, you can order it anytime now and it'll become live in the world October 5th. Awesome, man. Alex, love your energy. Thanks for being on the show. You, Try to get some people out to out to Amazon, onto Amazon to grab a copy of the book and uh, we'll get this out to our audience. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. What's up, guys? Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show today. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes because it's how we spread the word about the show. Also, remember to grab your copy of Locked In, a digital guide on how to unlock world-class resilient performance by heading over to mindshiftlabs.com backslash performance. That's mindshiftlabs.com backslash performance. We'll see you next week. I'm always a winner, even if I fall, I can still get bigger. The definition of a champion, definition of a champion. Never for titles before survival. The champion. I've seen role players even with rappers.